show where we talk about all the crazy jobs we do to make the cash we need to pursue our artistic dreams. And to finance short films predicting the world-ending pandemic. Too soon? Yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, We're talking about that dream job, the passion position. It's the old do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life gig. We are your hosts, Jamie Parker Stickle. And Jason Bieber. And on this episode, we are talking to an actor and director who went to school, studied what she wanted to do, and then did it. Wait, what? Yeah, that's right. No side hustles, no day jobs. She just charged out of the gate and crushed it with an incredibly successful career, recurring on a ton of shows like Sci-Fi's The Magicians and Joan of Arcadia on CBS and appearing in all three of Sam Raimi's epic Spider-Man movies. Yes. But it hasn't all been a straight line. So on this very special episode of Make That Paper, please welcome to the podcast, the wonderful Megana Tova. Yay! <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being had by us. Yeah, because I think this is actually like a really special episode. I feel like it's an after-school special. It's like, kids, here's how you do it straight. Yeah, this is the I told you it can be done, Mom episode. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Wow, that that sounds so much better than it has felt at times. (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure. It's that thing where you're like, Okay, well, you're going to tell us, but I always feel like when it does happen to people when they're young or younger in their career, people are like, overnight sensation. It just happened for them. And it's like, no, there was a lot of work that still went into that of like pounding pavement, uh, you know, uh, uh, honing your chops, you know. Straight up hustling. Straight up hustling still. Mm -hmm. Like there's no, the the hustle has not disappeared just because. Just not driving Uber. (laughs) Postmates, but not Uber. So let's give, I'm going to give a little bit of like context and backstory. Megana and I went to USC School of Theater together. Uh, we were in the same class, right? We were the same year. So I think Be, we were. Both BAs, both years, 2000. Yeah, yeah, J- yeah. John Ritter gave you your diploma. John Ritter gave me my diploma. Oh, oh. You, oh, oh that's I remember so that. I was John Ritter. Kind of like what? And I, but I was just like, yeah, it's <laughs> here, Jack Tripper. I would have done the same thing. I'm super, super jelly. I met him again a couple of years later. He came to a showcase that I was doing, and I was like, "You gave me my diploma." And yeah. he's like, "All right, it was weird then." Was <laughs> it? <make> he <laughs> seems like the nicest man. He was the nicest guy in Hollywood. And then, and then, actually, I worked with his son. Jason. Uh, yeah. Yep. On Arcadia. And I got to be like, your dad gave me my diploma. <laughs> <laughs> Jason is also the sweetest guy. Oh, nice. So like, nice. Nice dude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I never worked. Why do I know him? Oh, oh I, I, I worked with his wife a bunch. Oh, that's yeah. right. She's awesome. Yeah. He, he kind of knows everybody. You know, yeah. I feel like he's one of those people who like heavyweight. Yeah, plugged in dude. Yeah. But he wasn't in your USC class, right? No, 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 no. Okay, because that would have been really cool. My dad's giving me my diploma. It would have been cool. Except for him. I don't think if I... I don't think I want my dad giving me my diploma. Didn't Henry Winkler uh, do... The year before. Okay. The year before? or The The year before us. The year before, yeah. Yeah, because I feel like I've seen bits of that speech that he gave. I think it floated around the internet at some point because it was so awesome. It was pretty awesome. I remember giving it. I remember nothing about what anyone said, John Ritter, anyone. Right, of course. I remember being there. Well, I remember very well what John Ritter said, and I think it actually it actually is a great tee off to our conversation because my mother brings it up often. No, no. My father brought it up often. Maybe they both did. They said, we were very confused because um, the the speaker who, you know, they know who he was. They didn't want to give credit where credit was due, but they knew who he was. <laughs> they, he said, most of you will not work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess that's 
That's the point of this show, a little bit. No, I'm just kidding, everybody. I'm well, no, I mean, he did go on. That mo it was not that most of you will not work ever. It's that most of you will not work right away, and that many of you will work but won't make a full career, and you'll do other things, and you'll cob it, cobble it together. But you're, you know, the continued pursuit of the craft is why you are here, why you have this education, and what you are stepping out on the stage to do today and from this day forward. But all my mother and father heard was, most of you will not work. I love that you memorized that portion of the speech 20 years later. It was repeated to me often. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good old parent. I got to go back. I went and spoke to, there was like a parent's day a few years ago. And I was on the panel. And I remember they asked, like, what advice I would give to their kids, like, who are going out into the world. Um, and what and how they should interact. And I was like, well, one, don't ask them about that audition that they had, because if they got it, they will tell you. They're not like hiding it from you. And they didn't get it. That's why they didn't tell you. So right. they didn't bring it up. Please. Sound advice. Sound right. advice. So the yeah. advice you had was for the parents. Yes. And <laughs> they're asking, like, how, how can we interact? And I also said, I was like, you know, you're giving your kid that chance to be one of those people who doesn't have to say what if like you're giving them the chance to go out there and try to do their dream thing so like support them as much as you can yeah i think that's awesome i think that's great advice and i i, I love that parents were supportive and receptive to that in general yeah, like they seem to be into it and it felt good to be able to say it you know and like, yeah. you know, like just give your kids some as much help and support and and just encouragement as you can, you know. Yeah. They're going to need it. But right. I really want to talk about something really quick on topic for one second. Um, sure. I love on topic. Magina was in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, which is oh, my yeah. favorite, favorite of the franchises of Spider-Man. I remember so specifically right when I when I saw that movie, I didn't know that you were in it. And I, and I came home um, and I... I don't know if Facebook was a thing yet or if I just texted you or if texting was a thing yet, but I reached out to you in some way and I, you I paged her. I paged you. <laughs> Facebook or, or texting. One of those, I guess those things, those technologies had, had come it on. It was my space. Yeah. I my spaced you hard and, <laughs> um, <laughs> and said, uh, I think I, I remember it was a very stupid message. Like it's nice booking. <laughs> that sounds like Bieber. That sounds like like that's exactly how Bieber asked me out the first time was something like that. Hey, I've got a stand up show. Want to be my date? Like it was just very like, oh, not really. <laughs> just straightforward. But thanks. Yeah. It's not um, a summary rejection of you. It's just not interested in the offer you're making. It wasn't reaching out. I appreciate that. Well, of course. Respect. In retrospect, you did answer me, but I don't remember what you said. I think you said thanks. I bet I did because I'm nice. Exactly. <laughs> 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 you woman, Spider Man. <laughs> well, let's. Okay. I want to talk about how you got Spider Man because I'm sure, like, that audition wasn't just handed to you. But let's back it up for a second because. McKenna, you didn't just go to USC. You also, did you go to Cal Poly? Did I read? Cal, um, I went to Cal Arts. You went Cal to Arts. Cal Arts and then? there, And then I transferred to, so I guess, so uh, so basically I went to a high school that was science and health science and engineering, a magnet health science and engineering public school. And we had one all-inclusive art class. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have theater. That was not a thing. <laughs> Um, and so I, and I, I remember, I remember standing outside, this is probably in like 10th grade and talking to a friend who I don't remember who she was, but she was very smart. And I was like, I don't know what I, what I want to be when I grow up. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a primatologist. I want to be an actor. And this chick was so fast. She was like, look at Sigourney Weaver. She was in Gorillas in the Mist. She was an alien and she's an actor. And I was like, yes. oh. 
I could do everything if I'm an actor. Yes. Yeah. Bust ghosts well, if you want to. I mean, to. that's how I decided I didn't want to be a doctor. I just wanted to play one on TV. Yeah. Yes. So much more fun, I think. Yeah, right. um, you just dip your toes in everything. You learn enough to sound like you know what you're doing. So, um, so then I was like, okay, well, if I want to be an actor, I should go to like the conservatory where I really get a dose of it and I'll see if I really want to do it. I went to CalArts and it was intense and a really good basis. I feel like I, I'm glad I did both. Like I got a really good basis there. But then for like our astronomy class, people did skits <laughs> for the final. And I was like, I just need a little, a little more. Just mm-hmm. I want like a little more of the science because I like science and stuff. So would you call yourself a science nerd in oh, yeah. a good way? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I surely have been more of a science nerd at times but i am like i re- i read like mary roach and stuff like you know mary roach and um and uh packing for mars is that right i'm anyway. too dumb to know oh, you're asking me at a very late hour <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway i like science yes our um, team didn't prep us on this <laughs> um, uh, our team being me um yeah, so, so yeah, so I transferred to USC and, um, and I then, um, well, this is how I met, I think, Biebs, I think I met you in, was it Brand New Theater? It would have, our first meeting would have been Brand New Theater and we did, and then we did a play together later. We did yes. Atheists in a Foxhole. Yes, Atheists in a Foxhole. But the thing that- Hi, Brian Starchman. <laughs> Right. Um, I rem- I think about this, Beebs, sometimes, especially lately. So one time I did, I, I realized when I got to USC that I needed, there was this brand new theater where we could write our own plays and stuff. And I was like, oh, I got to do this. Like, I got to start doing this stuff. And um, the first play I'd written in high school and was like a, a sort of this melodrama about tainted ice. I don't know if anyone would remember. I wonder if it still exists somewhere. Anyway, but then there was this, there were three plays that I wrote um, and they were about this rag doll named Ellis. You remember that? Yeah, I do remember. <laughs> I think it was by the third one. Um, these was on the committee for like picking these. And mm-hmm. by the third one, he was like, well, um, we don't know how you're going to do this, but we never know how you're going to do this and you always figure it out. So we're going to let you do it. Yeah. And so, and that was awesome. That was the, I mean, the coolest thing is just like, I, I, brand new theater may, to this day, may be the best thing I ever did in my life. Um, well, what I think is interesting that you say that, but what both of you also did after college is you both started theater companies. Yeah. I mean, your passion for theater was so driven, you know, what it inspired you at USC doing that led you both to creating theater companies, which is yeah. huge. I mean, that's not an easy task. And in LA, no less. Yeah. And in LA. Although I feel like it was sort of a different, I mean, everything seems so possible right? when you're that. Mm-hmm. And um, what was, was, were you part of the blue, um, blue house? Uh, we were MacGuffin theater company. MacGuffin theater company. We were adorable. We had a little studio over in Toluca Lake. Um, what? Yeah. USC? Hmm? It was, uh, no, no USC people. Um, I, I feel like I've been very nomadic in my, in my life. And in, in hindsight, I'm like, why, why, why did I do that? Why am I like that? Well, because you ended up getting married very young. True. And you sort of cut a lot of ties, I guess. Ties to do that. Not to me. I'm the second wife. (laughs) (laughs) Keeps getting better all the time. (laughs) Um, But seriously, you married a year out of college. Yeah, but I married somebody from USC, so. Yeah, but she wasn't in theater and she didn't want you doing theater. So it sort of led you down a different path where you had your first corporate job. True. And you started a theater company so you could continue to act. True. Oh, this is therapy now, Magena. <laughs> Thank you for facilitating. <laughs> you know, they go hand in hand. Um, yeah, I uh, I feel like 
I started mine because I felt like I knew what I wanted to be doing. And partly I want, didn't want to wait around for anyone to like give me the opportunity, but also mm-hmm. I didn't know that I was really seeing what I wanted to be doing out there. So um, do you remember Judy Smith? Did you ever come to our shows? Uh, I don't know Judy Smith. Oh, Judy, Judith M. Smith. She was who I started Silo Theater Company with. And um, we met because we did a, remember Tiffany Theater on Hollywood, Sunset? It was on Sunset. And it, it was there for a long time, but it hasn't been there for a long time. Um, but we somehow ended up doing a show there, Christopher Durang's Titanic. Mm-hmm. And she was directing and I was in it. And then we were like, this was right at the end of college or right after college. And then we were like, okay, we should start a company together. And then we did weird stuff. Like we did language-based plays that were in not theater spaces. Um, and it was all movement-based, like viewpoints-based. And all it was all USC people like um, Dylan Kennan and ben, uh, Simon Russell mm-hmm. and um, Anna Kelly was in one. Oh, and Paul Edelman was in mm-hmm. was in. So we did like Mac Wellman and um, and uh, Uber Rex slash Uber Roy. It's also called Uber Roy. Alfred Jerry and um, <gasps> Hypatia. I'm showing my ignorance now. Dude, it's been a long time. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we did stuff at like um, art galleries and gutted movie theaters and stuff. That's cool. That's really cool. So did you have like a, a, a residency at a theater or you were just no. nomadic? We were nomadic. We did four productions total and we just would find places to do them and put them together. And she would direct and I and we would produce and I would design the whole thing and then be in them. and. Um, and just, we would, we never made money. I mean, I don't think you ever make money. Um, in I mean, oh, no. I mean, not in LA. I feel like in LA, it's really, that's a really tough, it's the same with stand up in LA. Like it's really, or improv, really hard yeah. to make money in live entertainment, uh, stage yeah. entertainment in this town. Totally. Um, and then Judy, um, who also was a USC person, um, then she moved to New York to do real theater. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. When, when the boards call. Well, so that was the end of the theater company. But it was great for a while. And I really miss theater, especially now when nothing can happen. But like yeah. even before this, I was really, really missing doing theater. Yeah. I, I was too. We were talking a lot about that last year. Last year or two years ago? Yeah. 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 Um, and then right before covid well in february beginning of february so it was like sneaking in and people were hearing about it but nothing you know was it was like ah it's over there it's not here um <clears throat> i uh rented lisa gottman's stage and did you know a storytelling event and yeah. <clears throat> which isn't theater but it it's still you know i had these great writers performing their pieces and it was made mm-hmm. me miss theater yeah, exactly. Performing. I mean, just anything. Yeah, like anything. I, I love black box theaters. I like small theaters. I like the intimate thing. And um, and I and I love Lisa's space. Oh, I and love Lisa. Lisa's mm. space. Yeah, it's so great. So I guess after COVID, we're all committing to doing something at Lisa's space. We should. <gasps> we should. I'm just... I, I would, I've been looking and trying to figure out how to do something at her space for years. And I think maybe we just rent it and then see what happens. Yeah, I'm just burning it down. And she'll be involved. We could do one of those, like, uh, I don't know, 24-hour write-a-play, do stuff. I don't know. Yes. See, people, this is how you act. <laughs> this, this, is, is what, this is what acting is. Yeah. You find community and you go, let's just put something on. And then you go and you do it. You find a fire and you throw gas on it. And that's theater. <laughs> Okay, so you have decided. Oh, wait, did you get Spider? When was this first Spider Man? When did you get Spider Man? There's some chronology things here because you did you did Six Feet Under before Spider Man. (gasps) Yeah, and you know what's funny is like people who are really into Six Feet Under because there are some like super fans. Yeah, it's kind of a big. Like, oh, you're like the pink haired girl. (laughs) (laughs) 
I like I don't know, uh, 60, 30, 50 seconds. I don't know. Anyway, um, so I don't really remember when in the TV like list Spider Man came. But I was in the second and third, and um, wait, I could tell you because I know who I was with agency wise. It was very good at the beginning. Um, and so, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. I don't, do either, Do you know, Beebs? Do you know how I got Spider the audition for Spider-Man? I don't, and I, I want to hear. Okay, so I was getting the breakdowns at the time. Okay, listen, we've just talked to somebody else about this too. Epi- last week's episode, Mara Marini did the same thing. Beebs and I have done the same thing. And it's where all of us have booked roles is when we got the breakdowns ourselves. Keep yeah. going, Magena. I'm sorry. This is great. <laughs> I love this. So, um, so yeah. So, the breakdown said she was supposed to be tall and gawky, like young Shelley Duvall. <gasps> like, I could do that, man. Do that. Yeah, you can. And the submissions had to be in by the end of the day. And I knew my agent wasn't going to handle it. And so, this was when it was still messenger. No, what? you couldn't. It wasn't electronic yet, was it? Were we were still messaging headshots? Yes, but <gasps> after nine eleven, and so the um, there was a lot of security at studios. Mm-hmm. So I didn't tell anyone what I was gonna do because I didn't want anyone to be like, "You're crazy," right? And <laughs> I dressed up like a messenger, or what I thought a messenger looked like, and I had like a clipboard with old deliveries crossed off on it. You guys take notes. You spent hours preparing for this. This, this, this is the most fun ever. Take notes. Uh, and they, so I, so I went down to Sony and I went up to the security guy and there was a real delivery guy who was like having a convo with the security guy. They were like buddies. And I go up to security and I'm like, yeah, I have a delivery from candlelight management made that up. Mm. Um, and I was like, yeah, candlelight management, uh, it, they, they have to give it to the people. And he's like, uh-huh. He looks at his list. He's like, you're not on the list. And I'm like, I, I don't know. They said it had to be in by the end of the day. I don't know. And the whole time, the real security guy or the real delivery guy was like watching me like, mm, sure. <laughs> and my heart was beating really fast, but I was trying to like yawn and pretend I did this all the time. I'm just waiting for you to get your crap together. <laughs> calls casting thankfully they don't answer finally i guess i don't look threatening and he's like whatever go and he let me onto the lot and i, I get fist it. pumping audience members i'm fist pumping this so i get to casting and i gave the guy my submission and he seemed really friendly but i was so freaked out that i just sort of booked it out of there but i heard him opening it as i was leaving and i'm like oh my god he's gonna see delivery girl delivery girl. <laughs> <laughs> and so later that day I was sitting in my agent's office and they called him and I was like, they're going to yell at him. They're going to yell at me. I'm going to, the guy I dropped my stuff off to had been the assistant on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I'd had like two lines on two years before. And he remembered me. Ah. And that's how it's done. Ladies and gentlemen, that is, that's how it's done. I mean, break like, in. <laughs> You literally break in. <laughs> it could have easily gone the other way, you know? Like, <laughs> But it didn't. The, I mean, the universe was aligned for you at that moment. I got out here a month after 9-11. Mm. Um, I was scheduled to come out like two months before 9-11, move out two months before. I had just graduated and stuff. And um, I ended up coming out here. And it was like, it was a really strange time in LA. So like, yeah. I mean, even getting an agent was weird because everybody was suffering from 9-11 it was a very very strange time obviously so kudos like that's amazing (laughs) everything about that was the spider-man thing was was sort of weird and kind of crazy like um even the audition like so they had so i had this audition and it was basically it was a scene with the cake and in the movie, it's broken up. There's a scene between them or a couple scenes between them or something. Well, I thought we were going to stop in the middle. 
<laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Well, so the first part ends with like I'm like I'm sitting there. I've I've and I'm like waiting. I'm just like lost in Peter Parker love, right? Right. And, and she's like waiting for me to be like, oh yeah, and I have a note from Mary Jane called or whatever, and I'm just standing there like, when is she gonna say cut? <laughs> and I'm like. And then she's like, uh, do you have something for me? And I was like, oh, yes, I have. And I just moved it. <laughs> I have this note from Mary Jane. Um, you should call her blah, 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 whatever. It's here. Uh, right. You, you sold the Shelley Duvall in that you know, moment exactly. of uh, trance-like love for Peter Parker. Oh, totally. He's my favorite Spider-Man. Honestly, like it's my favorite franchise is and, that one. And you were particularly, I mean, it was, a, it was, a, it was a small role in the first movie and you clearly had a huge impact. I mean, I thought you had a huge impact because I'm like, holy shit, the beginning. But, um, <laughs> but clearly for, you know, the, the audience and for the director you did, because you get, you know, that part got big and by, by the third movie got like, you know, love interesting. <laughs> Yeah, it was interesting. Like he, um, Sam Raimi is really interesting. And I also felt the whole time I was like, I have to take advantage of everything mm -hmm. <laughs> that's happening right now. Right. And so like, um, for example, on our first break, we, there was like a break and he was taking a smoke outside and I saw it happening. And I was like, I'm going to make a PBJ and I'm going to go out there and eat my PBJ while he's smoking his cigarette. And I'll make my, even though there's, there's like, no two things go better together. Yeah, but I mean, like, I felt like, you know, you have, even though I ha I don't, it's scary. Everything yeah. about, like, this, my role on in Spider-Man was sort of like a scary thing that I forced myself to do. So, like, I forced myself to go out and talk to him, and he was like, uh, and I started telling him about my theater company. And he was like, oh, I bet you have some good, you know, some good actors. I was like, yeah, I do. And he was like, put together a list and I will call them in. And he <gasps> did. <gasps> really? And yes. I'm sorry wow. you uh, touch at that point, Beeves, because I would have called you. Well, you that's all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, from people that were in, that had been in my plays, I, I um, had them all come in. Dylan Kennan went in. Um yeah. Baker and uh uh Kirkovich I think anyway um and then like uh so and then going from two to three like I had gotten to be friends with the storyboard artist mm -hmm. nice and he was in the same office um as Sam and everybody else and so like between two and three I had done <laughs> this episode of The Shield nice um, which I also saw and got excited yeah. about it's a, it's pretty gnarly. Um, there's, a, there's a scene that fans of the shield may remember where uh, Chick list puts a gun in my mouth and uh, it's, I did see that. And I didn't see many episodes of the shield. We did not watch it together. Obviously. <gasps> I, I, the shield was one of my big cruise ship binges. Nice. When yeah. I was working on the cruise ships, I was, I was, I watched series all the way through very fast. Those are the times to do it, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, so I had done that and it was on my reel now. And so basically my reel went like sweet little Ursula from Spider-Man and then screwed <laughs> up a character from the shield with gun in mouth. So I just was like, I need somehow for Sam to see this, right? And so I got in touch with my friend and I was like, Hey, I didn't know really. Do should I, do you want to see it? And he's like, yeah, you should bring it by. And I was like, okay. And they, they were all there. And he, he was like instigating too. He was like, Hey guys, Megana has a new reel. And it was like, <laughs> Grant Curtis, Laura Ziskin. We're all wow. there. We all go into this tiny little room. We're with like one chair. We're all sort of perched on the, the um, armrests and stuff. And they play the reel. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the worst <laughs> in the world. What is happening? And first, you know, Spide, you know, Ursula comes up and they're all like, oh, we love her. Oh, that's so great. And then the shield comes on and it was so uncomfortable. Everyone, it's super quiet. Everyone stops talking. It is so uncomfortable and horrible. And then afterwards, they're like, what happened to our sweet little Ursula? <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, don't worry, you're in number three. And I was like, awesome. 
Um, so like, I don't know. It was a whole bunch of like forcing myself to do scary shit. Yeah. You know, paid off. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, forcing yourself to do scary shit, there's something else you did, which was you after, you know, finding success with Spider-Man and, and in TV, you decided to write and direct and produce your own film. Oh, and this is another, it's, it's an, it's, it sat with me for a while when I watched it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think, I mean, we were backers, so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah you were. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's an, okay. Hux is an incredible film. Everybody can watch it. We're going to put a link up. But it's haunting, <laughs> specifically haunting in t- today. Well, we'll talk about the movie itself in a second. But first, I just want to talk about um, the way that you went about it. You wrote it and you were getting ready to produce it. And then fundraising, you did what now is so, you know, everyone's done it for everything. You crowdsourced. And mm-hmm. crowdsourcing, for anyone who's ever thought about it or tried it, unsuccessfully it is not an easy thing to do you don't just throw your your thing up on indiegogo and then people send you money you gotta work and you were you were hustling oh gosh that was so hard um (laughs) it was so hard But, but i felt like so once around after i was like i thought i wanted to be an actor around whenever um, Buffalo 66 came out. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was yeah. Uh, Vincent Gallo. Yeah. So he wrote, he directed, he like did the music, he made the shoes he yeah. was wearing in it. And when I saw that, I was like, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. Just pure auteurism. Yeah, I want to make the the story. I want to act the story. I want to do all of mm-hmm. it. And so, but I, but when I got out of school, it felt like, I had to really concentrate on one thing. I I needed to get somewhere with acting first. Um, and so I put all of my energy into that. And then, and it took a long time. And that's sort of like, I never let myself have other jobs because I, I had to put all of my energy into acting and into that, because I guess I'm just, I, that, that's sort of how I work. I have to put all of my, all of my stuff into what I'm doing. So, um, so, and then it took a long time before I felt like I had enough brain space to work on the other stuff or, or really like had gotten to a place where I could spend time and energy on not just acting. And so when I got there, I was like, okay, now's the time I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this film. And, um, and so yeah, I, I it was early on in the Kickstarter world. Um, this was 2014, and um, I <laughs> I got Alan O'Connor. She was in uh, one of our plays in Ubu Rex. Um, so she did a budget for me, and I was like, I just had no idea <laughs> how to figure out a budget. So she did a budget for me, and I was like, okay, I think I can make this. Um, if I stay in the, I think I can do it with this budget. So I launched the kicks first. I, the way I sort of do things is I research. I probably, cause I am a science nerd. Um, the way that I approached acting when I first got out of school, um, was that I guess was sort of a science nerd way to do it. But I went and I went to the player's directory. I went and looked at the player's directory guild. At their um, albums, the player's, player's directory. directory was was I don't know if it even still exists, but this is like a guidebook or a, a catalog. There's a catalog yeah. you paid to be in. Yeah, not everyone yeah. could be in it. You had to right. be invited to, to be in it, and you paid, and they would put your picture and your your contact information, your God, management. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So I went down to the library of them, and I would I had made lists of like so many lists of all of the actors that I thought I could be like, that I wanted to be like, um, films that directors, I mean, lists and lists and lists. And then, um, and with actors, I would go back and I'd see like, where did they sort of break out? 
And who were they with before that? So I went down and I would go look up that year of players directory and see who they were with, like with what agent. And, um, and I'd look up and I just, because I draw, I would draw these cards and I would just send stuff to agents and send stuff to casting. Um, and it got to a point where like, I had this little character that was me and then whatever I was doing, there would be a drawing with it. So like me in Spider-Man or me on like private practice or whatever. Um, and, um, and I just, it was like a thing I would get the, um, backstage West and, and I would just, I would pick one every day. I would pick a place that I thought I was perfect, like a, um, that was casting something I thought I was perfect for. And then like three or four places on the way and the way back, and I would just drop stuff off and drop stuff off. And, and in fact, so I realized that I wanted to be with this one agency that everyone kept telling me I should be with. That was because they took sort of different people. Um, and it was Dragon Talent. I remember yeah. Dragon. Yeah. Um, and I sent, I kept sending them my headshot, which was a black and white headshot at the time, which my hair was super curled and had lots of makeup and they didn't want me because I looked like I didn't look different enough. Um, and so I finally like painted this thing and I put like little um, stills from weird films I'd done and all kinds of stuff. And that's when they, they brought me in immediately after that. And I literally sent them my headshot so many times, but like, so anyway, I, I sort of always thought of, of acting as like, you're starting your own business and why would people go to you rather than Pizza Hut, right? Like, why would they go? So, and, you know, to be as creative about the process as about then, as, as you are about the actual work. Yeah. Kind of. It's marketing. Uh, so you have a history of research. And so for the movie, you wanted oh. to research. So I like called people who had done them before. I read everything I could and everything said, don't do them on your own. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't have anyone else to do it with. So I did it anyway. And it was exhausting and horrible, but also kind of great because what I realized is that like people are excited to hear what you're doing and want mostly wanted to support you and otherwise yeah. they just don't answer the phone or don't call you back. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was able to uh, meet my um, amount that I had put on there and, um, and then we made the film and, uh, and then I edited it because my editor dropped out. <laughs> That's the hardest yeah. part of anything. And we've lost editors. We lost no, we've lost a lot of editors. That's the hardest thing. Even if you're willing to pay for the editor and you pay the editor, they still disappear. The editor disappears and you're like... And this is not the shit on editors. No, it's no, no. It's just kind of the nature of the business. Everyone is looking for a solid job. And when yeah. it comes... They got to take it, ma'am. It's, I mean, it's why theater doesn't do as well in LA also, because mm -hmm. it doesn't pay. And you, you know, people get TV jobs and right. that doesn't. Right. So, but yeah. So, and you know, um, yeah, I, so, but I, I like editing turns out like editing it's storytelling. It's an, yeah. an, and, and by the way, this is not a lightly edited movie. This is, a, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, the visual storytelling, the putting together, I mean, I'm not going to go ahead and explain what editing is right now, but, <laughs> um, I just want to convey that this is, you know, not, uh, not something that is easily done and you did a really excellent oh, it's job beautiful. of doing it. It's yeah, beautiful. you did a beautiful job. Yeah. Thanks so the much. editor's hand is clearly clearly seen and felt and, and in a positive way. In fact, I cited your movie a couple times this week um, because I was just, I, I feel overwhelmed with all the bits and pieces of, of you know, focusing on a writer's life right now. I've got a panel I'm speaking on. I've got a class I'm teaching. I've got the podcast. I'm a mom. I'm doing virtual school. All these things are piling up on me. And I was like, oh my God, 
I'm making his character. I'm circling it and arrowing it to a new day. And Beaver was like, what? And I was like, it's Hux. I'm just pushing it out. And if I don't get it done, it's just gonna. And I just kept circling it. And, and I was in my head. I was, I was her. I was like, here we go. Tomorrow. Nope. I love tomorrow. That. Yeah, that, I, lists are so important to me. <laughs> I really love lists. Um, and even if you have to circle and put to the next day or the next day. That's just a new um, list. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that makes, that's, I, that's really sweet. Yeah. I mean, it's a haunting film and yet I'm, I'm, I find the relatability in it. <laughs> It just is there something wrong with me? Lots, no, I'm just kidding. Lots. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, it it's really it's so well done. And what did you shoot on? It was I. So I cannot tell you the name of the camera we used right now. Off the top of my head, I can't think of it. But it was Panavision gave us cameras, um, so which was amazing. Our, the yeah, it was really wonderful, and it. And it's such a beautiful landscape that that sort of is another part of like another character in the film almost because yeah. of where she is and the isolation and and everything um, and having really great cameras to, to was wonderful. It yeah, was really great. It makes um, such a difference. It makes a huge difference. Editing and good cameras. I mean, yeah. I know everybody shoots on their iPhones and that's one way if your content is just great and you're good with, yeah. enough with it. But honestly, nothing beats the quality of um, what you did. You know, I mean, there, you, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Totally. Well, and actually, so um, just to, the, I'm working on, my brother is running for mayor of Cincinnati. That really? is so cool. I love Cincinnati. That's so cool. It's so exciting. And so I'm making a documentary, but I can't be there. And so we're like trying to figure out how to shoot in the midst of all this. And, and in a way, you know, having zoom and everything is wonderful because Mm -hmm. that's um, where we are now in the world. But, um, but yeah, the whole iPhone thing, you know, um, it's wonderful to have beautiful cameras. Yeah. And then sometimes you have to just <laughs> zoom it. Yeah. My phone. Well, you're doing a documentary for him uh, for his um, for his run. Yeah, on his run. I just feel like it's such my my brother is awesome. Though. I think Beebs, you probably met him at some time at some point, but he was um, Gabrielle Giffords, who the representative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was her science policy advisor. Oh during, my gosh. During her. Um, during that whole time yeah. when she was and everything. And, um, and he's, he's a really smart dude. He um, went to college when he was 14 and then he went to Berkeley Whoa. through PhD and he got his PhD in physics and he's also in a rock band and I don't know, he's just awesome. And so I feel like I have to document it, you know? And so like in my typical way, I've been like contacting all my documentary friends and like, being like okay, how do I do this now? Like, right. Um, yeah, so it's exciting. Well, that's exactly, I mean, that's how you do it unless you're going to go back and get, you know, uh, uh, a master's in documentary filmmaking or something. I mean, like, that's exactly what you do. You go through school through those who have done it and served in that capacity. And I feel like this industry has always been shaped in that way. Not always in a good way, but in fact, often in a very seedy way, but Nonetheless, it is a business that has been built upon uh, mentoring. That's where that's oh, how yeah. that's how learning has always happened in entertainment is through mentoring and yeah. um, and and you know being on hand, being on set. That's why everyone starts in the mailroom. Everyone starts as a are PA. Are you trying to go into nepotism conversation? <laughs> that's not nepotism. That's that is starting at the bottom and working your way up, learning at the, at the feet of the people who have done what you want to do. And you've yeah. done it in a, as you said, an incredibly scientific way, um, mm-hmm. which I'm willing to bet has been far more effective. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's the only thing I knew to do. Cause I really didn't know anyone. I like, you know, I feel like it's really hard to get anywhere in this industry. It just really is. And you know, most people you see on TV have been doing it since they were little tiny kids yeah. or are related to somebody. Yeah. And so like, 
to get anywhere is so difficult. Um, so I just, which is sort of why I had to be so laser focused, I felt, because I just didn't know any, any other way to get anywhere. Because yeah. I, didn't, I didn't really know, I didn't really have mentors, I didn't really know, like, you know. Um, but also I feel like, like doing Hux was, I learned so much more than I feel like I would have learned I mean, I took film classes mm -hmm. in school and I took this film production intensive at NYU. So so it was really cool because I was like, I turned 19 there or, and everyone there was like way older and from all over the world. And, and so like, it was just, and I was like living in a little um, like a dormitory on Washington Square Park. And it was just, oh, it was so great. So, but that was actually the sort of origin of, writing my own stuff because we got they had whoever wanted to could write a short film for the finals and um I and then they picked like four or five and then split the the class into groups to do production and everything and um I wrote one and I made everybody pick mine <laughs> <Well manipulated. laughs> so was, <laughs> well let's just say they picked it um and then um, <laughs> couple of thumbs got broken. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah, New York, right? I mean, um, so uh, I wrote it and then I was in it and then I edited it. And this was old school editing. Like I was in my dorm, like hot splicing. Cause you know, you, huh? you still, and you, you, and then you have to hot splice the, oof. I remember. I learned that in, in film school too. One a, of my classes, yeah. It was about the same time, maybe within a year of that, that I did the thing at NYU. And they were shooting on 16 millimeter. Mm. And you would get these old Ariflex cameras and you'd run, you know, run around New York uh, City with this 16 millimeter that you're cranking on <laughs> at the right speed. I also, I also did you, uh, learn how to edit um, linearly on the com linear on the computer editing mm -hmm. for video. That's some bullshit, you guys. <laughs> that mm -hmm. is just some serious. And I don't know, editing in college just really made me hate editing. Having to learn the history of editing, it just. I mean, we edit our own stuff all the time, but I make Bieber do it, and I just sit there and go, yes, no, yes, no, mm -hmm. yes. Well, that's, so one of the things, I'm very attuned to detail. Mm -hmm. um, I, so that was something where, at, like when I was doing hucks, I was at the point where I was like, you know, a frame this way, a frame that way, a frame this way, to the point where I was like, I had to be like, okay, Megana, no one can tell. <laughs> you, can't, you have to stop. You yeah. have to stop. <laughs> well, that's like editing a book. Oh, Edit, I I'm working with my editor right now and I'm just like, should we leave the uh, semicolon or should we use the M dash? Oh my god. And gosh. we put it in and we take it out and we put it in and we take it out. We put it in and we take it out. And I'm like, I don't know. I like the M dash, but Jamie, you're using semicolons. And I'm like, well, I think it's pretty in that sentence, but the M dash looks better here. And he's like, you got to pick a lane lady. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. You pick it for me. And then I'm like, but I don't like what you pick. Let's go back. God. I, I totally agree with that. It's I, troubling. It's called getting yeah. lost in the weeds. Yeah, but it makes a yeah. difference. It actually actually makes a difference because you, I agree. Yeah, that it makes a huge impact. Well, it's like she said, one frame, no one will be able to tell. Right. But, but ten choices like that have an impact. Yeah, have a huge impact. Yeah. I and I think the thing I always think about is like, I feel like people won't know why they don't like something or feel something is off or whatever, but they will feel it. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so, yeah. That's a hundred percent true. Yeah. So all those little, and I like things to make sense. Mm -hmm. I like there to be a reason. I like there to be consistency. I feel like maybe we have uh, some things in common. <laughs> I feel like a uh, sisterhood may be forming here. Well, we're going to yeah. rent Lisa Gottman's stage and we're going to figure out what's going to happen. We're going to throw gas on a fire. We're going to find out what's going to happen. Well, Magena, it has been so um, wonderful just catching up with you. And thank you so much for, for spending some time with us tonight. It, it, you are an incredible artist and actor and I just feel so 
lucky to have known you as long as I have. And I'm so happy for you the way things are going. Thank you so much. I feel the same about you guys. It's really, really nice to, even though, Jamie, this is the first time we've like met face to face. No, it's formed. not. I feel you in my heart all the time. Totally. And Beebs, it's so nice to, it's just so nice to be back in touch. Every time we sort of like reconnect, it's always so nice. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. But <laughs> it was so, it really was so nice and so special. And I think this is a very special episode. And um, on a very special make that paper. On a very special make that paper. Um, and we're going to do a bunch of links to Megana's um, endeavors, uh, current, upcoming, and also Hux because everybody needs to see the film. It's so wonderful. It's so beautifully shot. And so I'm really excited for and all of you. And beautifully edited. And beautifully edited. <laughs> so I'm excited for all. All of you uh, to catch that as well. So thank you so much. She showed on Monday, made love on Tuesday. Bieber, I'm super excited. I've got a hunch why. Do not steal my thunder, Bieber. We've got big time animation super producer Katie Krentz coming on the show next week. Did you say Katie Krentz, the producer of Star Trek Lower Decks? Yeah, and like a bazillion other hit shows. Wow. Our listeners are definitely going to want to tune in for that. You bet they are, Bieber. You bet they are. This ain't no safe as